Hello, I'm Veronica Combs, and this is the Quantum Spin by HKA Marketing Communications. I'm very excited to have a guest with us who's been writing about uh, quantum technology for longer than almost anyone in the industry. Um, he is one of the originals to see the promise in this in this technology and start explaining it to the rest of us. Doug Fink, Chief Content Officer of Global Quantum Intelligence. Hi, Veronica. It's great to be here. You uh, have a degree in computer engineering, right, if I remember that right, from your LinkedIn bio? and um, you've worked in many segments of the industry. How did you get to this point right here in, in the quantum sector? You know, I, I worked in the classical computing industry from several decades. I went to the University of Illinois and I took a software course from the guy who developed the software for ILLIAC 4, which is a oh, very wow. early supercomputer that, uh, that they initially put in, into uh, NASA Ames explain you know how how they achieved high performance in those early days when they were just running you know what today people would call primitive computers my first job out of school i worked at ibm uh, as a mainframe design engineer worked for a company in silicon valley where we created some of the very first multiprocessor microprocessor based systems at the time it was probably the most powerful microprocessor based system something like six intel microprocessors all linked together no no one had done that before and about eight years ago, uh, I started getting interested. I've been always following the thing. And I, I, I started seeing quantum computing, and it was a completely new paradigm for how you could achieve high performance. There was really no one covering at the time. The only things that you could see were these very, very high technical PhD presentations and popular press that would talk about how Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock would emerge from the quantum teleporter, that, that type of thing. And, and no one was doing it at, at the level to really explain what was happening, uh, somewhat technical without getting super deep. So I, I decided to be the first one. In 2016, I, I went full-time and uh, been doing the quantum computing report ever since. Something over 1,300 articles. Oh, wow. I was the very first person to write a first look of the IBM 5 qubit quantum computer when oh, they wow. put it on a cloud as an experiment in May of 2016. And I wow. immediately signed on. I I still have that article on the website today, actually. So I've been doing that ever since. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think at some point a PhD thesis, some history PhD will want access to those early articles to run it, how the quantum computing industry got started. Yes, and you always link out to resources to read the paper or the press release or the blog post. It's always it's nice that you have all those links at the end. I'm sure some researcher will appreciate that. Who did you see as your audience when you first um, started the quantum computing report? Like venture capitalists, uh, researchers in the field, university people, uh, government policy analysts. They can't spend all their time you know, searching through Twitter and LinkedIn and seeing what, what people are posting. You know, one of the services we provide is, I will call it a curated news source. We go through it all and we figure out what's really important. And of course, we write articles about it. And, and most important, we, we issue a newsletter every Sunday that just says, hey, this is what's happened over the past week. These are the new items we've added to the website. So it, it's very efficient, I think. To me, that sounds like a a 202 level or a, a 303 level. I, I think of writing sometimes in terms of college courses. It's not the introductory where you're explaining the basics, you're assuming a certain level of knowledge. And like you said, spending the time 
explaining what's happening in the industry as opposed to just explaining the technology itself. We get press releases from uh, uh, PR people, including HKA, by the way, and you know we could just very easily, with a lot less work, just regurgitate it, just reprint the whole thing on our website. But but we don't do that. You know, first of all, as I said, you know we have very busy people who are readers, so we will typically take a two-page press release and we'll summarize the key points in two or three paragraphs. But at the same time, we'll add to it. Typically, we'll always have, I will say, just a little bit extra, a little bit more insight into it that you you wouldn't find elsewhere. It was interesting to hear about IBM's five-qubit computer. <laughs> Are there any other articles over the last few years that stand out for you as a just something really cool or interesting or, or an industry milestone that you've, you remember writing about for the quantum computing report? In 2019, when Google did their quantum supremacy article, uh, we've written a, a very nice series on what uh, Amazon is doing uh, up in Pasadena to develop a, a, a machine there, you know, for a, a much deeper analysis um, that we're working on an, uh, another one right now that you'll have to wait and see until, until it comes out. I was reading on the site this week about Zurich Instruments and their um, quantum system hub, and it's designed to help engineers scale up. Is that something that you've noticed as well, sort of figuring out, oh, it can't just be limited to physicists and people who <laughs> understand the details. We have to broaden the tools so more people can access this technology. Try to make this as easy to use as possible. Some of the most innovative work right now happening in quantum are those software companies that are trying to you know, make it easier for, for those types of guys to be able to access the power of quantum. Global quantum intelligence is not quite a year old, right? You formed this new uh, new analyst firm. Tell us about uh, what you do there. We came to realize there were actually three separate uh, entities. Um, there was, of course, the Quantum Computing Report. There was fact-based insight out of the UK from David Shaw. And then there was interference advisors from uh, Andre Koenig. And I think we each came to the conclusion almost independently that the industry was growing so much that it was no longer possible to really keep up with it uh, on our own. So what we've done is we, we've joined forces and we're going into um, what I call business intelligence. Our, our goal is to help the quantum providers, uh, the government policy analysts, um, the end users, to really understand what's happening and provide them the data that they need to make the strategic decisions. You know, my background is really more of an operational working in industrial companies. Uh, David, um, he has a PhD in physics, did um, business intelligence for a firm in, in the UK. Andre comes more from a consulting and a financial background. And, and what's good is that, you know, we can look at a problem and we can really look at it from three different perspectives. The other thing we have, quite frankly, is our contacts. Hundreds, maybe thousands of contacts within the quantum industry. Um, and, and one of the values we bring is if someone needs a competitive analysis, for example, we probably have greater visibility than anyone else. When you put together a strategy, knowing what the comp competition is up to is very helpful, very valuable. Sounds like if, if quantum computing report is sort of 202 level audience, then you're, you've really jumped up a level with um, this sort of broader analysis. You know, if you're looking for, let's say, more than just the news, um, if you're looking perhaps to look, if you're trying to do a, uh, understand like a whole segment of something, 
um, the GQI site has, you know, information for that. Are there any questions that come up frequently? Um, are there any any client questions that you can share with us just to get an idea of what people want to know about the industry? We do have requests for due diligence reports, and, and interestingly enough, it comes both from the venture capitalists who want someone to look technically what's happening inside, you know, the technology of a company, but it also happens, you know, by the company themselves because they want to have a neutral third party that will go in and write a report about their technology, much better view of what all the other alternatives are, what the competition is doing. We've done surveys, how mm -hmm. AI and quantum will, will merge together, quarterly conference calls, where we go through uh, sort of our analysis, of the big events that happened in the previous quarter. So one thing that um, people are always sort of guarding against is sort of the, is hype, overhyping capabilities or certainly, you know, there's a lot of promise in quantum computing and we're not there yet to scale or fault tolerance or things like that. Um, but there is a lot of, you know, potential and power that is right around the bend. So um, how do you, how do you, when, when you read a new um, press release or a report, are there any reporters tools you could share with us in terms of evaluating a claim? Do you look for, is there anything that you look for or, or, or any red flags? One of the things that always raises a red flag for me is if a company is not transparent, they issue a press release and they make a mm -hmm. claim and it's not backed by data. The best companies out there, they will definitely, they'll, they'll post something on archive, one of these industry journals. The external audience out there is skeptical. They realize there's a lot of hype out there. And, you know, my advice is for companies, if you try to make a claim and you don't back it up with data, it's, um, you know, people will probably reject it. Uh, it's, right. it's not like people are, the audiences we have are naive. They're not. And, and you need to be really careful Right, right. Uh, no one wants a repeat of the whole LK99 <laughs> situation where it was so so much promise and then so much press and then, and then maybe it wasn't quite as groundbreaking as everyone everyone thought it was. And at least they provided the recipe and stuff so that people could replicate the experiment. Right, that's a good point. That's a good point. Quantum technology companies are, are creating repositories on GitHub and putting their data there. And that to me seemed like a real the best transparency, right? Like you said, put the recipe out there, put the data out there, let people poke at it and see see what happens. There are a tremendous number of companies, startups in the quantum industry right now, similar to you know what we would what we saw in the 1960s, 1970s, when you had all these companies in Silicon Valley. That's of course why it was named Silicon Valley. There were tons and tons of, of semiconductor startups. And over the you know next 20, 30 years, they consolidated. I think we'll see similar things happen in quantum that we saw in semiconductors, as, as well as other industries, even the computer industry. We're always looking for advice on how to communicate about quantum computing and how to talk about it. Um, you, know, you run a couple of platforms that do that. What are your guiding principles when it comes to making content? My joke is you really don't want to write a press release to oppress your mother. <laughs> Um, you know, people will say quantum will change the world and will develop new, new drugs and will solve climate change and, and, and those types of things. And, and again, those types of things will fall flat 
on on these audiences that you really want to target. Uh, it, it's great if you want to impress the general public, but but again, you know, is there really a business reason to impress the general public? You're you're going after you know new customers or new investors or new employees, and and just keep that in mind when you put the press release together. Okay, so unless your mother is a venture capitalist, she's not your audience for your for your quantum communication. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much for all your time, Doug, and your insight. We really appreciate you spending some time with us here at the Quantum Spin by HKA. Well, thank you, Veronica. I enjoyed talking with you and uh, looking forward to more news and more PR in the future.